Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root from CardsWire.com, the Arizona Cardinals site from the USA Today NFL Wire. Seth Cox is is with me, as is almost always the case. My co-host from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, the Arizona Cardinals site from the SB Nation family of sites, and also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. And we're recording on a Wednesday night, even instead of a Tuesday night, because of some family stuff. And we will... Uh, just a reminder, programming note is that next week we will not have a show. Our next show will be in two weeks as we will do our free agency preview. This is episode 347. Seth, how was... So, they were Seth and Justin, who joined us for our, our Senior Bowl recap, recorded their most recent edition uh, of the show just before... And Seth jumped on here, so his new his new episode, that new episode, will be headed out, you know, Thursday afternoon. Seth, what what do you got coming on that next show? You know, we did our first like pre combine mock draft, so we can get some takes out of the way before the combine throws everything into flux again. Um, obviously, you know, you do a post combine mock, you do a, a which is kind of technically the pre-free agency mock, and then and then you come back and you do a post-free agency mock, and then you kind of do your last one. So, uh, but we we talked about, you know, what not just what we're hearing, but what our thoughts are on some of the guys. Justin ended up getting to make the pick for the Cardinals, and and he had us taking big Jordan Davis, and he really debated between Jordan Davis and Zion Johnson because. You know, the other guys that we really liked were all gone. So, <laughs> you know, and and that's a tough one. I mean, you and I will talk about it as we get there. That's one of those situations where you can you can make a strong case for either of those guys, right? Jordan Davis, put him in the middle as a true nose tackle, um, and your run defense should immediately improve. Uh, and then obviously Zion Johnson, you, you slot him in at right guard to start this year. He's a guy that, you know, at the, at the senior bowl was maybe the most dominant offensive lineman 
at the senior bowl. And so you, you, you have those choices and that's one of the things you get to do. That's kind of fun. You know, you, you give yourself those choices and, and how would you do it as the, as the guy? And then, you know, four or five years from now we figure out, Oh, that was the, that was the wrong choice. But, you know, for now, that's what we did tonight and discussed uh, some of, some of the guys and, and, and picks and, and decisions we made. So they, they, there was, they also said, was this your, your regular, your free show or your bonus show? This is going to, we're going to actually, it's a bonus show, but we're going to open it up to everybody because we did drop our first mock draft. We didn't give away everything. So you gotta, you gotta subscribe to get the full mock draft, but we talked about some of the interesting things, you know, uh, uh, for instance, I, I don't know if you saw Daniel Jeremiah's newest mock draft, but they had like Trevor Penning going sixth overall. Holy cow! And and Justin and I had him going twenty sixth overall to to the Tennessee Titans, and it's like, man, I'd feel way more comfortable taking Trevor Penning at twenty sixth than I would at six. <laughs> it's uh, interesting to see because you know, Daniel Jeremiah is, is interesting because he's the. He's not exactly an insider. He does have this scouting background, but he hears chatter. And so, and, and his, his stuff changes because right now he still doesn't have all the chatter, but he, he doesn't have the combine numbers. He, he hasn't had contact with this, some of the teams are saying, but it is uh, those guys. I like to, I, I like to look at those mock draft back when Mike Mayock was, you know, was not pre GM of the Raiders. We'll see what happens with him in moving forward, but his mock drafts, he always felt carried a little bit more weight because it seemed like there was, there was some insider stuff that was unsaid. Right. Exactly. And that, that's what makes it fun, right? Yeah, totally, totally. But this edition of the show, um, this is one of our pre free agents. This is not a free agent preview, but we're going to focus on what the Cardinals need to do with the players that they've got. So we're going to we're going to look at co- cost-cutting moves that that could work whether we would do them or not because the Cardinals are projected to be a little bit over the cap uh, when the new league year begins, so they will need to make some moves. And then we're going to take a look at the their own free agents, the players that are set to hit free agency um, and discuss whether, you know, whether it's a got to resign like to resign doesn't matter if they re that sort of thing but just not looking at the rest of the mark but just looking at the cardinals on the roster let's go ahead and get started with that episode 347 and what we've got now is the cardinals are expected to be about eight hundred thousand dollars over the cap based on some of the most recent numbers by over the cap they were a little bit under it but thanks to some performance boosters on for the fourth year salary byron murphy zach allen and jalen thompson because of their playing time um have added bumps to their salary so they they get um essentially what a restricted free agent tender would earn um, that's one of those things where if we're rounds two through seven, because the undrafted guys get three-year contracts and then can be a restricted free agent and get paid more, this is a clause that allows for the contributing draft picks on days two and three to get that same financial benefit that the undrafted rookies can. And that is actually what put the Cardinals over the cap moving forward. So 
the Cardinals have, as we know, which is really unfortunate with the situation. We, we've talked about the needs the Cardinals had in our previous show, the positional needs. They have a lot of needs, but they have almost no money against the cap, so they're going to have to do stuff. So what we're going to go down is some of the costs, some of the high-end cost-cutting moves they can do. Um, we'll, I'll bring them up. We'll discuss whether they should whether it's viable and whether they should do that move. So let's start off. The one that would save them the absolute most money would be cutting DJ Humphreys. It would save them $15 million against the cap. Um, it'd leave a little more than $4 million in dead money, but it would also be cutting their left tackle and one of their captains. Um but to get this out of the way, this is the reason I bring up. It's not a suggestion, okay? It's not a suggested thing. They should do this, but this is say this is a possibility. If we're trying to free up money, this is the one that does the most. So DJ Humphreys for fifteen million. If you're just going to straight cut him, they have other options. But would you cut him and then go a different route at left tackle to save money? You know, I think that is one of the things where you approach him for a, an extension first type of thing. Um, and you say, hey, we'll go another. Could you extend him for four years and sixty million? Yeah, it, it, and that would cut down this year's. Ca- I mean, I mean, you're kicking the can down the line, which is what the Cardinals tend to do, kicking that can down the line for the cap hit. But you know, you found a left tackle that that's extension wise, it makes sense because you found a left tackle that you are very happy with. He yeah. wasn't. Greatly, he was great in 2020. He was good last year and had well, and that's why I mean, people might be like 60 million for DJ Humphrey. They keep saying like 15 million a year is is too much for good left tackle. No, it's not. (laughs) When he would the the deal that he got the 15 million per year, if if he's playing at a near Pro Bowl level, and he was a Pro Bowler this year, now granted, he got he was an injury replacement. He should have been a Pro Bowl last year, he made the Pro Bowl this year of an injury replacement. Pro Bowl tackles make more than fifteen million a year. That they, they just do, right? And that's, I mean, that's exactly that's just what it is. I mean, you look at like you're talking about Pro Bowl, right? Like you're saying a guy that is good. Uh, the market value for Cam Robinson, um, who I do not believe has ever had a, a Pro Bowl under his belt is 17 million a year so <laughs> i mean his his projected salary is about four years and 68 million dollars yeah that's in cardinals fan like at least cardinals fans like in air quotes in terms of what we see on twitter they're like you know it, it's just too high a number to keep dj okay your other option is this okay and maybe they can survive one year of it but it, it really affects their depth you could cut DJ Humphreys, you've got can't you've got Kelvin Beecham, who's been a left tackle pretty much his entire career before coming to the Cardinals. He's he filled in decently at left tackle. You could slide him over to the left side. That allows Josh Jones to be your starter on the right side. Cuts, you know, you could have an adequate line like that. The, the issue is when you, you no, yeah, you have no depth. No depth one. And the internal implications to that, because you have a guy that's coming off a Pro Bowl year who is a team captain, and then you just cut, 
that right. doesn't go well in the locker room. So if you're going to do a cost-cutting move, like extending DJ makes sense. Paying him $15 million per year is not too much. He is a he's a fringe Pro Bowl tackle, and that's, and that's but, great. I mean, but even more than that, I, I think what people need to understand is those are the numbers, man. I mean, you're talking about a guy in Cam Robinson who's hurt as much as DJ is, who hasn't played as well in his career as DJ, getting $17 million. You're talking about a guy in Toronto Armstead, again, that's 100% better than DJ. So I want everybody to understand, I believe Toronto Armstead is better than DJ Humphreys. Now, we've gotten that out of the way. He's been just as injured and nicked up over his career, especially the last couple of years. Um, and he is on pace to get $24 million a year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing. If this is worth by, anything... By the way, to... he, he's never played a full 16 game oh in my his gosh. entire career. So, I mean, that's to your point, like he will be 31 this year. So you're talking four years, um, $96 million for Teron Armstead. And Jess and I are saying, hey, do you think you could get? Humphreys for 460 you may not even be able to get him for that <laughs> it's true it's 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 quite possible that that the market that he was going to, he would ask for more for an extension though the, the, I, I, I don't know what it's worth but for if you like a kind of measure of of how good a player is on pro football reference they have the approximate value which is our, their attempt to attach a single number to every player's season since 1960 1960 his 2021 season was better than his 2020 season. Now, metric like the metrics will say he was better in 2020 than 2021, but his his approximate value in 2019 and 2020 were both an eight, and this past season was a 13. Whatever that means, maybe it's because he made the Pro Bowl, but what not? So, you know. The cost-cutting move that there's probably while it cuts the most money, it might do the most damage in terms of what it does to the roster and to the because you know if you're cutting DJ Humphreys, you have to replace him with a left tackle, and that that's not you're not guaranteed to get the, and if you think you're going to get a better tackle than DJ Humphreys, you're going to be paying for it unless you hit in the draft as a rookie, which we know it's probably not going to happen based on what we've seen. <laughs> right. And and let's be fair, too. You're drafting 23. So typically when you draft 23, those guys are a year or two away. So, you know, that's what I look at it. I, I think, you know, here's what I'll say. You throw the offer out there. You say three years. Heck, even if you give them a raise and you say three years, you know, and say $60 million, and you're like, $20 million a year for DJ Humphrey? I mean, we just went over it. Cam Robinson's getting 17, <laughs> and Teron Armstead's getting 24. So 19 to 20 is right in the middle of that, right? Like, that's right in the middle of where uh, DJ deserves to be. That's the market. Whether or not you agree with it or not, I'm sorry to tell you, it doesn't matter. But that's that's the market. So, yeah, I, you know, you, you start there, you know, so like you said, you, 
do you cut DJ Humphreys? I say you offer him an extension. If that doesn't work, that's where you come up and you say, okay, like, what is it going to take? What do we need to do? Um, or, or we're going to cut you. And, and, you know, he Oof. may, he may be willing to call their bluff, right? He may be the guy that's willing to say, Hey, prove it. You know, where are you going to go find somebody as good as me for that kind of money? And the truth of the matter is you're not, oh. you're just flat out. You're, you're, you're going to get a journeyman. You're, you're going to get a fill in Calvin Beecham who could play all right for Right. For a year may give you similar, but now, now again, remember this and just just said this, let's say best case scenario, they're, they're at $0, which right now they're, we believe in the hole a little bit, but they're at $0. You cut DJ Humphreys, you're at 15 million and you need a left tackle. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So, you move on to the next guy, and it's still on the offensive line. It's Justin Pugh, who interestingly has been a pretty solid lineman for the last four seasons for the Cardinals. Uh, the one year at right guard was was a little bit messy, and then he got hurt. But he took a pay cut last year, and his contract basically is forcing you to make a decision. He's got a $1 million roster bonus due in March, and his cap hit is going to be a little less than $12 million, $11.8 million. Cutting him saves more, saves $9.8 million, nearly $10 million, but there'll be $2 million dead, dead money. Uh, but, again, he's one of your better linemen that fills a hole at left guard, Especially if you end up cutting him, then you've got two question marks, both at left guard and right guard. What do you do there? Now, I think this is a possibility. Um, I think if, if of between DJ and Justin Pugh, I think Pugh is the most likely cut candidate. When he took that pay cut last year and added that million-dollar roster bonus for this year, it felt like that's what was going to happen. Now, let's be clear. He is under contract, and the Cardinals probably like him, despite, unfortunately, John Gambadoro came out and said he, he he's going to be a free agent. Well, if he's going to be a free agent, it's because he's going to get cut. They would like him back. Maybe they try and renegotiate, like do kind of the cut and then re-sign. You probably, I don't know, maybe well, at least how cap structures work, you probably could go out and get a better guard at less money against the cap this year but it wouldn't be moving forward yeah and so that's what you got to look at is can where okay so you cut justin Pugh. let's add dj back so instead of being at almost 25 million we're at just under 10 million in cap savings yeah um you know so you're at 9.8 ish um all right, so where are you getting a guard, and and are you comfortable going the Jr. Sweezy route for four and a half million, five million? Because that's the thing is like, okay, you want to bring in a guard? Are you going to go get Brandon Scherf? By the way, Brandon Scherf's going to be thirty-one this year, and is going to command thirteen million a year. Um, you know, are you going to go get a a? Uh, I'm trying to look who else is. 
available. Like again, when it's it's much easier to cut somebody if you say, "Hey, we've got," you know, and they do have Justin Murray, but like, "Hey, we got a, a young Justin Murray who who we really like waiting in the wings." Um, let's go grab. You know, maybe you can get like a Lincoln Tomlinson from the the Forty ers at five and a half million, maybe. Um, or a or a you know, you go get a. Jeez, oh, none of these. All these names are so bad, dude. <laughs> Tomlinson was an was an intriguing one, but you know, is he significantly better than Pew? And is it going to be for less money? Years, yeah. Well, and you look at it like Austin Corbett was the starting guard for the the Rams, right? Yeah. Um, he's projected four years, thirty six million. Okay, so you save nine to nine point eight to spend nine. Uh, James Daniel is the young stud from Chicago. Okay, so he's projected at seven and a half. So you save 9.8 to spend seven and a half now are you upgrading that position that's that's what you have to ask yourself like is james daniels outside of age that big of an upgrade at the position and so if your answer is yes then then yeah cut him and, and go put you know go get james daniels for for eight million a year, and obviously they'll probably end up kicking that can down the road where, you know, they're not paying him that eight million for a couple of years, right? Uh, yeah. Like, so, whatever happens if they sign a, a big contract to a guard that first year, the cap hit's going to be minimalish because that's probably, just how the yeah, script between probably between two and a half and four million tops. Yeah. Um. You, and, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that's the thing is like, so so we're going, we're walking through the, the market range, right? So we've talked about, you know, Austin Corbett and James Daniel are your Justin Pugh range of guys, right? Like they're, they're the guys that you're going to get the similar ability and production from, from them as you did Pugh. If you want to get a superior player, like a high-end guard, it's thirteen million, and you're talking about a guy like Connor Williams. So, like, those are, <laughs> you know, those are the numbers. Like, you have to understand. So, you know, are you going to cut cut Pew to go sign a, you know, an Alex Kappa from the the Buccaneers for eleven million a year? Like, can you afford to do that? Because now you're not, now you're actually spending more money to replace a player. So that's, that's the question you got to ask. I, I think if you're able to restructure these guys, that's got to be your first priority over, over cutting them because it's not just the cutting to save cap space. And how do you replace them? Yes. The next guy is a no brainer. Um, a guy, it's very disappointing to me. I thought he was a perfect fit for the team at the perfect position, Devon Kennard wasn't cut last year because his numbers were fully guaranteed. He will, his cap hit is more than 9 million in 2022, but he's, you know, 
number three, number four at outside linebacker on the depth chart. And cutting him will save nearly $5 million in cap space. However, because of how they structured the signing bonus and then some restructuring to make room for you know, other contracts, he, it will create $4.2 million in dead money. That said, if they choose to post June 1st cut him or designate him as such, then it would increase the savings to $7 million uh, with $2.1 million dead money for each of the next two seasons. But I think it's a, I, I think Kennard is a lock to be cut as much as they like him, the player and the person, the role that he plays just doesn't warrant the amount of money they're paying him. And that is for me is a disappointment because I thought he would have been the, the perfect uh, for the other that from the other side of Chandler Jones, based on what we saw in his production when he was playing kind of that four, three, outside backer position instead yeah and i and i would agree he's gotta he's gonna be cut he's you don't want to say he's gotta go but he's gotta go <laughs> um this one's tricky jordan phillips uh big disappointment not because of his play but because of his injury and the the, the one that's this sig- the kind of signals is the fact that it looked like he was healthy for the playoff game and then was a healthy scratch um the issue is <laughs> They restructured his deal. They restructured his deal for Zach Ertz trade to make his Ertz cap um, contract fit. And so Phillips' cap hit's going to be more than $13 million, but there's $9 million of dead money. Yeah, you're only, you're only you're saving only $4 million. $4 million. It's crazy. But. Super baffling, right? Uh, Post-June 1st designation, it would free up $10 million, um, And then... There would be about three million in dead money this year, and a lot, and basically the the rest of the dead money would be spread out over the next three seasons because they they have those void years, um, and so the the post June first is probably the route. I have heard from people who have heard that that Phillips will be cut, and based on what I've heard from people who've heard that it will be a post June first move. Which then creates another need on the defensive line, of course. Yep, and so then from there you look at it. All right, so you saved, you know, with with the post June one designations for for Kennard and Phillips, you saved a little bit more, but still not a ton. So that takes you to the next guy, and this feels. Like it should be a lock, but I want to get your opinion on Jordan Hicks. He's a tough one for me. Now, there that makes sense money wise. Um, and, cut. and and what they've invested it in the draft, like it, all of it <laughs> makes sense. But he's still their best linebacker. He is, and in a team captain, uh, what happened last off season was really rough. And then he handed a. We started the year playing really well, and had he had a good year. He had a good year. Uh, it, it'll save the team six and a half million in cap space. You'll have three million of dead money, basically wrapping up that contract. Because this is the last year of his deal. Here's my take on this: You draft A.S. Simmons and Zayvon Collins. As long as Jordan Hicks is on this roster, he's going to be playing ahead of Collins because, dadgummit, Hicks. <laughs> Hicks is going to make it happen because he's going to know the defense better. He's going to know the calls. And he's got 
the trust of his linebackers coach and Billy Davis who's coached him for years and also his defensive coordinator in, in Vance Joseph. He's got an in with the coach, like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury really kind of soft, smooth things out with, with Hicks during the season when a tough situation from the off season, it, it feels like if they, if they are intent on Zayvon Collins being a major player or having a big role in 2022 you can't have Jordan Hicks on the roster it's just to me that's what it comes down to you either change the scheme to play a 4-3 so that all three linebackers can be on the field or you cut Hicks because that's the only way you can do it yeah and so that makes it tough um you know so let's just say for for S&Gs during this little experiment that they they make these moves um, the ones that hit right up front, right? Hump, Pew, and Hicks. That's right around um, thirty-five million. Call it, or sorry, thirty-two million. Sorry, thirty-two million. You gotta then put June one cut Phillips and Canard to get. The- savings out of it that you possibly can right yeah and you're still at about 50 million and that's but some of that you have to carry for a while that's the issue right and so that's the thing it's like you're in a weird spot where it's not even really doing that much for you so i think the better way to go about it is you got to renegotiate humphreys because that's the thing, too, is like when you look at the cuts, you're, if you cut your left tackle and your left guard, you have to pay money for one of them. I'm not going to say you have to pay money for both, but you have to pay money and get somebody, right? Right. There. I mean, it's not like at least you at least can count on Beecham at left tackle, but there ain't no one who's ready to slide in and, and play at the at least at the same level as Pew on the roster at left guard. Right. So that so you've got you know, so you've got to replace all of those guys. You've gotta like you said, you've gotta replace your best defensive or not your best, but your biggest defensive linemen. And you've gotta you've gotta hope that those rookies or young linebackers start to make plays, right? Yeah. So so all of that comes from a lot of different uh, you, you have to replace those positions, and that's easier said than done. So, you know, if you're able to renegotiate Humphreys and, you know, cut his number down this year to to $5 million. So it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's about a $10 million or less cap hit. Or, sorry, you're a $10 million or more cap saving, 10 to $15 million cap savings. If you're able to do similar with, with Justin Pugh and Pugh is going to be a little more difficult because it's going to be that situation where you're just asking him to take a pay cut, right? Like you're going to be like, Hey, which would be the second year in a row. He's done it. Right. Um, and then you, but, but that's the thing. Then, then you release Kennard Phillips and, and Hicks. And the only money savings you're really getting is that (laughs) 6.5 from, from Hicks. And so, you still need you still need to create a, a bunch of cap space 
So, yeah, I mean, because you go through the list, like, you're There's... obviously not going to cut DeAndre Hopkins. No, and and honestly, you can't because of the dead money. Like, right. it, 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 all of it's guaranteed. JJ well, Watt, I mean, it eh. takes money away from Buddha. <laughs> yeah. Um, Buddha, you, you could restructure Buddha because their, their salaries jump up. So, Sal- Buddha's salary goes up to. Goes up to eleven million. There's a couple of smaller moves. Justin Murray, you cut him, you save two point two million. Andy Isabella yeah. is going to well, get cut at some point. Interesting one. What about this guy, Matt Prater? You can save three and a half million, but then you got to get a good kicker. Well, and and you know, I was you brought up Prater. That's a great one, by the way. Um, what about Rodney Hudson? You go and make a third round trade for him. His cap hit is twelve and a half million. But here's the crazy thing: you cut him, you only save four and a half million. <laughs> yeah, so it, you so, might be able to restructure him, push some money down the line. But so that's the thing: is like you know, Rodney, you you can't really cut him because at that point you're having to guarantee that you get an as good of a player, and you're going to have to pay four million or less. And so basically, basically you're just cutting him to not have him on the roster. And by the way, Jess brought this up. You know, this is a phenomenal point. He was a captain as well, wasn't he? If he wasn't a captain, he was the most important offensive lineman on the team. <laughs> but so, I mean, can you imagine if they cut oh, Ka- Hicks? Oh, Hicks, Humphreys. That's really bad juju in the locker room because it's right. di- it's different when you don't re-sign a guy. Okay? That's business. When you just right. don't re-sign a guy like Patrick Peters. When you don't let we don't re-sign a guy like Chandler Jones we're going to talk about. When you don't re-sign Calais Campbell. They're free agents. That's not taking your captain and cutting him when there's no one to replace, like Hicks, maybe like Hicks, the Hicks is the one move that makes sense because you supposedly have his replacement. If you're cutting Humphreys, if you're cutting Pew, if you're cutting Hudson, you don't have a replacement for him. And that doesn't go well in the locker room. That just doesn't it. That's bad juju. And that would be, that would be tough for Cliff to have to deal with because we know that Cliff doesn't actually make cuts. That's Steve Kine. Right, exactly. So it's you know it is a super interesting way to look <laughs> at it. Man, it's tough, man. Like they've put themselves. I mean, I tweeted it the other day. You look at this Cardinals roster and the fact that they're broke, and then they have so many needs. <sighs> it, it, it is. They really needed to do better this year. Yeah, they really needed to finish better. <laughs> that's I, that's kind of what I th- almost what they were banking on. Um. Which was weird to do to, to kind of throw it all in in 2021 and not leave any wiggle room for 2022. But the, the cap is a myth. We know this. You can, you can, like, it's just that how the salary cap works essentially is this you can finagle the contract all you want, you're going to have to pay for it one day. So that signing yeah, bonus, least, the signing okay. bonus, you're gonna it's you're gonna have that hit against the cap no matter what happens. It just it's when you push when you kick that can down the line bat far enough. Right, exactly. So you know, overall, I don't see any of these. You know, outside of the obvious ones that we talked about, 
you know, I don't see any of them going. Uh, you can't cut Rodney. You can't. Prater's. I think Prater is the more in, the most interesting. That's a tough one, because uh, when everything's right, there's no one better. But it was so odd how bad he was if you changed up anybody in his battery. Right, and and with what's going on with Andy Lee, because Lee is a free agent as well. He right? is. Well, we will get to that. We will get to that in this. And so, so like, and we don't know, but like, what if he doesn't want to come like play anymore? What if he's just ready? Because he's almost forty. <laughs> yeah, he? yeah. I think he's thirty. I think he's thirty-eight. But I mean, yeah, it depends on what he wants to do. I mean, who wouldn't want to punt for another year? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so coming up next on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. We're going to go through different position groups. The Cardinals, the free agents on their roster. We're going to talk about whether they should bring him back or not. That's coming up next on Rise of Sea Red. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. We're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. We are now here to talk about the free agents at each position group. We'll look at, before we take our next break, we'll go quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Some important ones. The offensive side of the ball is, is kind of a mess because they have six key skill players plus their backup quarterback who are all set to be free agents. And I, So the first one that we come up on uh, is the quarterback that is a free agent is Colt McCoy. Is he is a guy that you resign. What did he make last year? He made a league minimum. He, he had his cap hit was small because he t- had the a league minimum with a certain thing. It, it was one of those veteran minimum contracts. So his cap hit was about little under, I think, nine hundred thousand, and he made a little more than a million. Would you? I know this is going to be crazy, but would you do like a three year deal for him? I mean. I think so. The problem is like, 35 years old. <laughs> right. And, and so basically that'll take him to retirement. So you're looking at... You're I'd do two at, years. Two years. I bet right, two so years like, under the trick. Two years, like six million? Um, Or even, I bet, with any matter, two years, four might okay. do the job. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I and, and I would. I mean, he's proven that he does everything that you need and want in a, in a backup. I... I 
think it's completely... I don't think you're going to find a ba- better backup. I think that's the thing. There are there were equals to him, and we, we saw the high end Colt McCoy when he when he filled in for Kyler Murray in two or three games. He was he was hey you think he could be a starter. But we know he can't sustain that as a 35-year-old, you know, journeyman quarterback throughout the NFL. But in terms of backup quarterbacks, it's going to be really hard to find someone better in terms of preparation, smarts, ability to make plays when he needs to, and also the value in the locker room with a guy like Kyler Murray. But we've also seen Colt McCoy down because remember when the Cardinals, remember uh, Hassan Reddick's FISAC game? Yeah, that was. That was Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy. <laughs> right. That was a disaster game for the Giants that game. So, But yes, uh, uh, Steve Kimes said Colt McCoy is a priority. I don't think at this point his career is going to command a whole lot of money because he's old. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, <Right>. but yeah, <laughs> but he, he is a priority. But, but at the same time, there are other, like if you could get a guy like him. I'm not saying... Blaine Gabbert. No, I think he's making more money in Tampa than he would make here. There are quarterbacks out there you could you could bring in that do the same thing. I think the value that Colt McCoy also brings is because he already comes in with an attache of of respect from Kyler Murray because of who Colt McCoy is in terms of you know a guy that that Kyler watched growing up. He was a stud in Texas football. I think that's a fair. A fair assessment. We move on to the running backs, and we look at... So, Jonathan Ward is an exclusive rights for age. He's going to be back. As long as the Cardinals want him back, he's going to be back because if they extend of a tender, he can't sign anywhere else. The only reason would be he'd go elsewhere is if the Cardinals decide not to resign him, which I don't know why they wouldn't because they like him. He plays special teams. They like his size. They like the potential. But the big names here, James Conner and Chase Edmonds, are both free agents. If you had your choice... Would you sign both? Neither. And if you had to pick one, who would it be? Oh, man. Um, Connor, I think, is where you have to go with that. I, I agree. Like I Cliff wants both back, and it'll depend on how much money they're willing to commit to the running back position for at least one year. But if you end up signing both, you're... <laughs> I don't think either one of them will accept only a one-year deal. They will get a multi-year deal somewhere. Would you do three twenty-one for Connor? I would. I would, and that's because you see, and I, I think I said this on another show that we did. And I think that Edmonds is a. You can find Edmonds, a guy that can do the things that Edmonds does more easily because of his size. You can find Chase Edmonds in other guys. Connor, you get kind of the full package with a big body, which adds to that. And ideally, I'm not saying he's as good as Chase Edmonds, but I think with a guy like, you know, Benjamin on the roster, there's the potential that he could do Chase Edmonds-like things. Maybe. But you've got a guy on the roster that potentially could do that. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And then we look at this. This is the other kind of the, the, the very difficult one. We're going to look at wide receiver. And they've got Antoine Wesley. He's an exclusive rights. He'll be back. And, and just as long as we're not counting on him to be the wide receiver too, you know, I don't mind him on the roster. I really like what he added. But A.J. Green, Christian Kirk. 
Are you signing one, both, or neither? Probably neither. Um, you know, I feel like Kirk is the first guy they're reasonably ready to replace. So given given that, I wouldn't bring him back. You know, Green, that's market value, $7 million. Ugh. I mean, would you give him a, a two-year, $15 million deal? I, I wouldn't. That's a hard one. He produced, like, Cliff Kingsbury sounded like a guy who felt like, who would like to have him back because he felt like he underutilized him. But we also saw some aloofness from AJ that I think might have been, like, he might have been, been one of those guys that Kyler didn't love in terms of intensity. The 50-plus well, catches for over 800 yards, that's about as that's about as good as we could have really honestly anticipated from him. And he was inconsistent at that, so it could have been way better. So, and then Kirk at $12 million a year, would you do a, a you know, four forty-eight, five sixty? I, 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 I just feel like you finally are prepared to move on. That's true. I, there is, there's a scenario here. So I could see this happening. Um, it changes kind of the dynamic, but from the talk that with Rondell Moore, there is some talk of using him outside more. Now, granted, we, we see that how he was using, and, and we knew, honestly, we knew this was going to be that he wasn't going to ton of play at time. And, and because of the role in the offense, he was only going to get gadget stuff, but they really like what he, they think he can do. What if, what if, they put more at the Z. And obviously he doesn't give give you the, like he's primarily the Z. And then you re-sign Kirk to play on the slot where you know you're going to get productive play. And and and, and the, honestly, if he's playing exclusively on the slot with DeAndre Hopkins, I think he'll have a fantastic year. And, and, and people just need, Kirk's going to have a long and productive career. It won't be the career that I think we all wanted to see him become like the Fitzgerald replacement, which was unfair. But I could see a scenario where they they kind of anticipate more being that number, the, the Z, Kirk Christian playing the slot, and then your your wide receiver four is Wesley, who then could play the Z in four wide sets where you, then you put Rondell and Christian Kirk inside both. That said... I think it's probably more likely that they don't sign either. I think Kirk will simply price himself out, and Green, they would rather get someone more consistent, maybe? Yeah, and probably younger, too. Yeah. You probably don't want a 34-year-old and a 30-year-old as your top two receiving options. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I if I had... So, I want to get a replacement for Green... We think you might have a replacement for Kirk, but I'm intrigued by the more as an outside receiver, especially what we've see what you see from a guy like Tyreek Hill. I know it's really unfair to say have him be Tyreek Hill, <laughs> but I think Moore has that potential. Has that potential, yeah. He has that ability. It doesn't doesn't mean he's gonna ever reach it, but he has that ability. Coming up next on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best of our Cardinals talk on the web. We'll move to the next group of players. We're going to talk about the tight ends, 
and the offensive linemen. That's coming next on Rise of Red. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. We're back on the Rise of Seward podcast. The best of our Cardinals talk on the web. The tight end position, they have almost nobody. They've got two, they've got three guys signed to futures deals. Bernhard Sykovitz, their, their German player, their Austrian player, David Wells, a practice squad dude, and then Dion Yelder. Darrell Daniels, Zach Ertz, Demetrius Harris, Max Williams, all under restricted free agents. What do you do with those four players? Do you bring any of them back? And if you had to choose between them, who are they? Yeah, I think you bring back at least one of them, and then you you look to add a guy in either the draft or free agency for the other. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but like if you bring back Ertz, you're probably looking at two years, fifteen million, and if you bring back Max Williams, you're looking at two years, ten million, and so you might say, well, okay, you bring back Max Williams, and you and I are big fans of Max. So the problem um, with the problem, he's had one healthy year. That's right. the, that's the one thing you worry about with him. And he's so he's had one healthy so, year. Yeah. So if you come in with Max Williams and then you bring back Daniels on a cheap contract and then, you know, you draft, say, say you go get the best tight end Trey McBride. Right. So, and, and, and so now all of a sudden you're like, okay, well we got Max, he's our blocking tight end. You know, we've got kind of our, our two-way guy and Daniels, and then we got McBride to replace Ertz. So we're good. And then Williams gets hurt. You're like, okay, now we don't have any <laughs> You know, and, and so that's the point. And not that's you can say that about every player, and, and that's true. But, like, Ertz is a guy that's rarely been nicked up in his career, right? And so if you're talking about 3 to $5 million difference and – for a guy that is, we know what Ertz is. He's a phenomenal receiving tight end. He and Kyler had an, a, an immediate rapport with one another. And and I feel like he'd be a nice, you know, continuation and fit. And then you go get a guy like a, you know, like a Jeremy Rucker in the fourth round. I know they don't have a fourth round pick. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But, you know, you go get a Jeremy Rucker in the third round or the fourth round. 
a guy that's a good blocking tight end that could be a really solid two-way tight end um and 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 you go from there i just i if if the money is you're talking you know four million over two years so two million a year i'd prefer Ertz over williams just because of the health situation um but you know i'm not I don't think I can go above eight million for Ertz. Yeah, uh, it, it it's interesting because of where Max is in his career because he's going to be twenty eight years old, which means he still has that's kind of prime. And he was playing the best football of his career last season. Oh, one hundred percent. And and I didn't realize that because I figured that I was like, oh, he's probably at the point. I thought he was older, just off the top of my head, and looked it up. And I thought maybe he was at the point of his career where coming off that injury, he would take that lesser deal because if you got if you brought back Ertz and Williams, you are you are really good in that tight end yeah. room because it doesn't matter who your third and fourth tight ends are. Honestly, it doesn't. If they're your third well, and fourth tight ends, they're your third and fourth tight ends. Right. And and if and maybe he is willing to do that. Maybe he's willing to come in and, you know, Ertz is going to say, hey, I'll take seven. And, and Williams say, hey, I'll take four instead of, you know, eight and six. Okay. So, you know, if you can do two for 14 and two for eight, like, that's a big deal. But to your point, like, a guy like Max, who's having a career year, who's 28 the ca- – and you know what he may do? I mean, honestly, one of the things that, that Max might do – one year, five million dollar deal, to try to then go at twenty nine, to be his, you know, to get a a four year, thirty six million dollar deal, type of thing, right? Like, because he might only end up getting you know a three year fifteen million dollar offer, and maybe he says, hey, I I'm gonna stay healthy. Because remember, it's not like, as much as we just talked about his injuries, it's not like this injury was non-contact like this was a this was just a freak you know hit type yeah of yeah and so you know maybe he's willing to come in at one three and a half with incentives up to five and he's like yeah 100 i'm there i'll do it but, that would be fantastic but if, if if i had a priority it's Ertz because of what he means to kyler and i think with a full season I think that really does a lot to the passing game. I agree. And and that's the thing is if you have, you know, if you have Hopkins, Moore, Ertz, and, and whoever else, you know, I think you're in a good spot. Yes. The offensive line is interesting. One offensive lineman is a free agent. It's only Max Garcia. Um, do you resign him? He's He's come back. He basically has had... He had one-year deals each of the last three years. He had a one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal. I don't know if he's gotten paid any more than the league or much more than the league minimum in his career. Yeah, he um, was one point, just under one point, or just over 1.1 last year. I'm assuming you, you offer him the same thing. I, as a Pro Bowl alternate, Max Garcia... Do you think he gets a sweeter deal, some a multi-year offer from somewhere that's two years, ten million ish, ten million or two years, seven million, eight years, kind of like that that Justin Murray contract that they gave Murray a couple of years ago. And, and I, if, he, if he does, yeah, go get it, man. Like, go get it. I, I, I'd like to bring him back, 
because oh. you, but Gosh. not, but not for much. That's the thing. It's like I, if he can get more money somewhere else, great. But I don't want to count on him to be a starter because he's a low end starter, or maybe he's better than we think because the league certainly thought he was better, right? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I'm I'm kind of with you. If it's if it's if you can get him for two five, or you know, and then obviously anything one year to the equivalent of that you do it if if he wants to go get you know a three nine good luck man like <laughs> he's gonna be 31 this year he's he's been a you know kind of a journeyman he's made good money in his career he's made over six million in his career so he's had a nice career or sorry he's made over eight million in his career he's had a, a nice career for a fourth round you know pick go uh you know if you can get one, you know, if you can get one contract that's equal to your entire career earnings, go get Jess, it. Jess and I would never begrudge it. No, I, I, never. I would just, I would just not offer it if I'm the Cardinals. I, I, I don't see the value there. Coming up next on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Let's move on. Talk about the defensive front seven. We'll look at the defensive line, the edge defenders, and the inside linebackers. That's coming up next on Rise of Sea Red. We're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. On the defensive line, there are only there really aren't any names of note. You've got Jack Crawford, who was on injured reserve all year, a decade plus veteran in the league. Michael Dogby, who's a restricted free agent, and Corey Peters. Jack Crawford, whatever we didn't know, but that would you? So since Dogby is a restricted free agent, first off. He w- turned into a decent rotational player. Do you bother with a with a tender offer, even if it's just the first right of refusal? Well, I guess it would be the single, the, the lowest one, which would, since he was a seventh-round pick, would mean they get a seventh-rounder seventh rounder compensation. Do you bother with that? Because do you, do you want to commit to a guy like Dogby at $2.5 million? Yeah, that's, no, I don't want, especially right now, I don't want him at $2.5 million. Um, I think he's talented, and you know, if if he tests the market and doesn't get that two and a half million, you you welcome him back with open arms. I'm just not offering him two and a half million. Though you might, so we've seen from a couple of the times before, if you give him two years, three and a half, like you give him a Tanner Vallejo type contract. Yeah, absolutely. If you can get him for under, you know, if you can get him for under two million a year, he's proven to be a incredible. You know, valued backup guy. Um, Jack Crawford, I don't care about Corey Peters. I, he's a he's a late, yeah, you know, camp ad if he wants to play again type guy, where you you just bring him in for that one point one million. Absolutely, and then we go to the outside linebackers, the edge, Kylie Fitz, uh, concussion into the season. He's a restricted free agent. Um, I definitely don't tag him. And sure, if you want to, if you want to sign him to a minimum deal, which is probably all that he's going to get, if, if I'm okay with him coming back, battling for a spot. But then you've got the big one, Chandler Jones, and you've also got Dennis Gardak, both unrestricted free agents. Chandler Jones is the big one because do you resign him? Do you franchise him? Do you let him walk? So I've read his 
what's it, his his market value is between 14 and 16 and a half. So if you could get him for two for 30, would you do it? I think so. Especially, again, another team captain. I think he was, and, and I know kind of know this, kind of. Like, it's not a I know, but I know from people who know. Chandler was one of the driving forces for J.J. Watt coming to the team. And I think if they were to, like, let him go, that, well, one, we know that Chandler wasn't thrilled with how the front office handled things. That might affect things in the locker room a little bit, depending on how things play out. Now, I think they're going to let him walk. But as long as they have a plan for that position... Yeah, they don't have one of those right now. <laughs> they don't. So then, then, then you have to go out and make sure that you either get a a Marcus Golden equivalent type of production and draft someone um, to have in the draft. But I, I, I would almost franchise him because of your because of where the situation is with the team. Because JJ's got one more year, and you you kind of keep those guys. You, you go with the young guys behind them in Collins and and Simmons, but you keep the veterans, so you've got Chandler and Marcus and JJ up front to kind of try and, and keep that group together as much as you can without overhauling it completely. That said, he's not the, he's not the same pass rusher he was. But he's still pretty good. The problem is, is is his low games is where he's just not. He still led the team in QB hits. He still led the team in pressures. He didn't lead in sacks. So he was still overall their most consistent pass rusher. And and we have to look at the fact that he dealt with COVID in the middle of the year as well. So that was probably part of the issue of the production in the middle of the year. Yeah, and if if you don't get him, I mean, some of the names that you you have out there, like a Randy Gregory, uh, Charles Harris. I mean, I don't think Hassan Reddick's coming back here. Interesting uh, one would be an interesting two year deal. I think would be if you have because, hmm, but it wasn't good enough down the stretch when they had Hassan and Marcus. <laughs> That's I'm sure yeah. they wasn't the defense wasn't good enough in 2020 when they had Hassan and Marcus playing the outside linebacker positions, right? And so you know, like I said, like uh, if you could get like a Charles Harris for like, and because he's 27, finally coming off a productive year, and you were to say give him like a 325 type of deal, I think you might do that. Um, or, you know, because Gregory's going to probably get 13 plus, whereas Harris is going to get like eight plus. Um, you know, the it's just, I mean, this type of talent doesn't hit the market very often, right? No, that's, that's what's good pass rushers rarely, like your premier pass rushers don't hit the market. They get franchised, they get extended. It just feels like the Cardinals are going to let Chandler go. Garnick is an interesting one because they use the higher t- restricted tag. Do you want to bring him back to count on him to play more when he was really he was really a specialty player in that package? Because size wise, you can't count on him. 
to be more than that. Yeah. But is he going to, you know, you cut Kennard if you bring in a, you bring in a top, whether it's Chandler again or you bring in another pass rusher, you still need that third guy. And a third guy making four, five million isn't unheard of. The problem is Gardick's pass rushing production was crazy flash in the pan in 2020 and then eh, in 2021, but he was coming off a torn ACL. So that that's a really tricky one for me. Um, if, if you had anything in the system, it makes it much easier, but you you literally don't have anything. <laughs> unless, what you, unless they saw enough from Dimakeji to be that guy. which right, to, to be a similar guy. Which I don't know if they did. So <laughs> Marcus Golden. Yeah, and, and so like, I mean, we'll float names next week or, or in a couple of weeks, but you know, like, I mean, the names out there, we talked a little bit about it. I mean, the biggest name you could probably afford is like a Judavian Clowney. Which I mean, is, that's, and I mean, not that's, a bad, he's not a bad guy to have, but oof, that durability. Yeah. Okay, let's look at the inside linebackers. They have one free agent. Now, they might create another one with Jordan Hicks, but Zeke Turner is their only free agent in the group. Stud, stud special teamer to start things off. But he two, two of his four seasons have been nicked up with injury. He missed a lot of last season. Um, I know what the, the thing that makes Turner nice as a former defensive back, he played, he was one of those Washington defensive backs the Cardinals have acquired, is that he is kind of the, the Simmons backup. He allows them... He allows Vance Joseph to kind of do the same things with Turner as they do with Simmons in terms of moving around. That said, if it's, I mean, he's going to be a back of the he's going to be a back of the room linebacker. So unless he's still a core special teamer, you're not paying him more than two to three million, are you? No, no. I'd say I, I, and I, I, based on what we've seen, because in terms of his 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 production on special teams, you can still get that from other guys because there's there are a ton of really high upside special teams players throughout the league and every year through the draft or right. not through the draft right exactly that's where you got to look at at this point and and see how you're going to be able to you know address that if if it does come down to the fact that you can't afford to resign him Coming up next on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk. And the last segment we're going to do, we're going to talk about the defensive backs, so cornerbacks and safeties, and then the specialists. That's coming up next on Rise of Sea Red. Back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. And what we've got right now, cornerbacks. There are two free agents of note. One is Robert Alford, who tore, who had a pectoral, whether it was another pec tear at the end of the year. But who knew how essential Alford would end up being and how solid a player. He very quietly had a very good year, although it wasn't flashy. And then you've got Antonio Hamilton. The problem with Alford is that durability, but if he's willing to come back again, it doesn't have to be the minimum, but if, if, if you're looking at anywhere from the minimum to about $3 million, I'd sign him in a heartbeat. Yeah, and and you know, you look at what he got last year, he got sub one million. So 
if he comes back and he's like two years, five million, I, I think that's an easy go. Yeah, right? and especially because then, then he can. You don't want him, like if you can get him on minimum deal again, that'd be fantastic because he's the per like that way you don't if you can if he can be a starter, but you don't have to count on him to be a starter because you've got Byron Murphy, you've got Marco Wilson. You do need and what we said on on the last show that we did, you need two more corners that you can count on that you feel can play. If Alfred is one of those two, I like it. Right, exactly. Antonio Ham- Hamilton is also an unrestricted free agent. Um, good special teamer. Scrappy defender who showed some versatility. Do you think he's going to have... Do um, you think he's going to have much interest? Or if he is he going to be a minimum type player who'd resign? Yeah, minimum camp body type guy that, that if somebody gets injured, you're very comfortable with him. Um but, I mean, he just hasn't been able to hold up in the NFL game. And it's something that, you know, we've talked about and wondered about when they they brought him on. We never were worried about his, you know, ability in coverage. And that's been something that we've, you know, seen is true. Um, we just haven't seen him be able to stay healthy. And then in the safeties, there's two special teams guys, Chris Banjo, Charles Washington, I think I think um, Banjo is a guy, and the interesting thing is James Wiggins, who's still on the roster, Deontay Thompson still on the roster. DT really hasn't done anything significant, but has been bad either. Are we at the point where Banjo and Washington you let go? I know Washington's injury hurt special teams because he's their number one gunner. But do you want to count on either one of those guys at this point? I think Banjo's, what is he going to be, a 32? Banjo. Yeah. So he is, yeah, yeah he's, he's still 32 in a couple of days. Yeah, he'll actually, yeah, so he's entering his league 32 year. Um, yeah, I mean, you just, I feel like Washington's more the priority here just because of the age difference. I mean, we're talking three full years. Um and, and you, this is why you drafted James Williams, right? Yeah, I think, you know, if you can get those guys back on veteran, veteran minimum deals, yes. Right. But more than that... do those on vet men's, but like... More than that, but, I don't think so. And at some point, you do have to start being like, okay, James, like, you got to take over for one of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, too, too bad he had the knee injury because he did. Like, we both liked Wiggins coming out of school the the athleticism the the potential to be more than just a stud special teamer but the potential where he could play now it's going to be interesting at the position because Jalen Thompson is going to be a free agent after this next year you know we'll see what happens there but the specialists two of the three specialists so their long snapper and their punter are both unrestricted free agents while Matt Prater is under contract for another year when Either Brewer or Lee were missing. He was, when they were both on the field, they were, he was probably, he was one of the best kickers in the NFL. Aaron Brewer, for me, is bring him back. It's just, I mean, you still, unless you, unless you have an eye on someone he worked with before, he did, Aaron Brewer's fine. Bring him back. 
Andy leads the question, though. Personally, with the situation that the Cardinals are in, with Matt Prater, I bring those both those guys back and just you're talking. To... You're talking about just over two and a half million for for both of them on one year deals. Yeah, I bring them both back. Just bring the gang back because you kind of need to go all in for this year before Kyler Murray's contract bumps. And so, yeah, as long as you've got, if you're committed to Prater as the kicker, you got to bring back the battery so that it's not wonky. Correct. And, you know, you look at it, Brewer, you know, has been about 1. 1.1, 1.2 every year um, since the Cardinals signed him um, in 2016. You know, I, I think that's what you have to do. And other than that, that kind of takes it. I, I don't know about the money, but that's kind of. I don't know where they're going to get it from. But <laughs> They'll make it work know. somehow. Right, they'll always come up with it. That's what we do know. Yeah, and with that, we will end, we will wrap up this edition of the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. We will not have a show next week, episode three forty eight, our free agency preview, where we will talk about actual free agents around the league who might fit, predictions, hopes, wishes, that sort. We will be back in two weeks for that. So no show next week. Got two weeks from now where we will have our free agent pre preview. That's Seth Cox. I'm Jess Root. This is the Rise Up Thief Red Podcast. Thanks as always for listening. We'll be back again in two weeks. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Sea Red.